What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. All right, let's get to it. Episode number 32 of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here, and you're probably wondering, wait, why am I only hearing CJ's voice? For those of you who are still listening after our two-month hiatus, which we didn't plan to have for two months, but I will explain. So Sean uh, and his family were recently going through uh, a move. Um, they moved into a new house, and Sean also had gotten a promotion with where he works at Series XM. Um, we're getting more responsibilities and getting more, more opportunities, and uh, the only thing is that he would have to be doing night shifts. That kind of contradicts what we've been doing since, you know, I'm uh, with my job. I'm full time, uh, nine, to, uh, you know, eight to four. But um, we were talking, and we figured for the time being, at least Sean get back into the swing of things on a regular basis um i'll be putting some episodes out and sean will be coming in uh as soon as he possibly can hopefully coming in for uh i believe the next show is hell in a cell don't know if we get predictions in for the two of us but maybe hopefully around um full gear or the next WWE main roster pay-per-view we'll be able to get um predictions in with the both of us and Sean can be up with us together but time will tell but uh for for Sean I am happy for him I'm proud of him and buddy I will do my best to steer the ship because this is going to be really weird without doing this with you um I know you're listening and uh for those of you who are listening uh bear with me I am going to do my very best to try and steer the ship here and kind of um let you know what's been going on. Uh, I always like to say, compare me and Sean to a commentary team where Sean is the play-by-play guy and I'm the I'm the color guy. Where he he is very much the Michael Cole and I'm the Corey Graves, or he's the the Marl Ronaldo and I'm Nigel McGuinness, and the list goes on and on. But anyway, a lot has been going on in the world of professional wrestling since Sean and I last put out a, an actual full episode. I know we put out that in the can episode of the Ten Mat- Best Matches of 2019 and our predictions for All Out, but uh, we haven't put out a full episode together. So I'm going to try and do my best to 
not exactly run through everything that's happened, but at least what's been going on recently. I know that um, a lot happened with All Out. NXT is now on TV uh, after this week. They will be on TV for two hours, going head-to-head with AEW every single week. Um, I know there's a lot to take from the that CM Punk interview. We'll get to that at another time. Maybe we'll put out a special episode and just really dissect that thing on its own. Um, everything that's been going on Raw and SmackDown with, with The Fiend, uh, Sasha Banks returning, challenging Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, uh, Brock Lesnar for the first time in I don't know how many years is going to be wrestling on live television on the first broadcast on Fox uh, a week from today as I am recording this. Uh, what's been going on with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan and uh, Eric Rowan and now Luke, a returning Luke Harper, the Bludgeon Brothers reunion, um, and NXT versus AEW. Uh, we just have so much to talk about. So, And I've been rambling on long enough. So let's get to it here. We'll start off with things that are going on with uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. We'll start with Raw. The past few weeks, first we saw Seth Rollins... Uh, he 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 defeated uh, Braun Strowman at Clash of Champions, and it was not much to say here. We all kind of knew Seth was going to beat Braun, but it was after the matches what was really interesting. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, attacked Seth Rollins after the match. Now. SummerSlam was our hiatus, and we haven't really gotten to talk about in depth about that after that debut with The Fiend. But my God, The Fiend is my favorite thing on the main roster currently, and a lot of people's favorite thing on the main roster. Bray Wyatt has been able to reinvent himself. I was listening to uh, Edge and Christian's podcast, which... Edge said farewell to the podcast, unfortunately, but he said in in this uh, in this episode that Bray is for sure one of the best actors when it comes to wrestling. He's able to play just about any character you can think of, and we went from cult leader Bray Wyatt, the leader of the Wyatt family, and then kind of mystic creepy Bray Wyatt where they tried to evolve quote-unquote magic with his character, which made no sense. Um, But now we have The Fiend. Bray's been gone for a while. He absolutely squashed uh, Finn Balor. His entrance is absolutely amazing. And some might say that it might be too early to put The Fiend in the title picture, and some might say that it might be uh, that that he doesn't necessarily need to be in the title picture going after the Universal Championship. I can see those points, but one thing that WWE has always been uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One thing that they've they've for whatever reason, the past 10 years or so, maybe more, they haven't been able to catch lightning in a bottle when someone's really white hot. Look at Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman was... Sup- 
supremely over in 2017. And he should have been Universal Champion at least two times by now. And for whatever reason, they just don't capitalize on it. There were there were rumors, there were speculations and uh, reports that Braun Strowman's kind of his own worst enemy backstage, and he kind of got a big head, and maybe they're trying to take him down a peg. But at the same time, they didn't capitalize on his momentum. With the Fiend, yeah, they I, I think they are. Uh, apparently, Drew McIntyre was supposed to be in the spot until he got injured, but Bray Wyatt is stepping up, and. The thing with this feud is that Bray Wyatt has to win. Bray Wyatt has to win the Universal Championship from Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. Because if Seth Rollins beats The Fiend, then it really, really hurts the character. It's not like The Fiend has been around for a long time. The character has only ever had one match on television. He's had one match against Finn Balor at SummerSlam. That absolutely perfect re-debut of a character. And if Rollins beats him, then it takes away a lot of credibility from him. So, I would hope that WWE is doing the right thing, pushing this character to the moon, hopefully building up for a big opponent at WrestleMania and maybe he drops the Universal Championship there or he doesn't or he just holds on to the Universal Championship for a whole year which I would love but we don't know we can fantasy book another time what's been going on with this story I mean there are elements that's really good I mean Bray, everything Bray White is doing is really good Seth Rollins um, I don't get why they're trying to make him like so scared of the Fiend I get wanting to try and put him over as the bad guy, as as a threat to the Universal Championship, but it just, the way Rollins is reacting to some things, it just kind of makes him look like a wimp, you know, and that's not what you want in your top baby face, you know, um, I have no doubt in my mind that the match is going to be fantastic, uh, Rollins is one of the best, uh, in-ring, uh, workers in the world, one of the best pure wrestlers in the world, um, but I think this is Bray's time. This is the Fiend's time to become champion. What they do with him from from that point on, I don't know. But the Fiend needs to win, and it's the best thing going on on the main roster. And if you want to argue that with me, go right ahead. I'd love to hear your opinion. But I think our good buddy Joe Stanziali would agree that The Fiend is for sure the best thing going on TV right now. Doesn't watch all the time, but he keeps tabs, and he knows for sure that it's the best thing. Plus, he's a huge Bear Wyatt fan. And I'm a big Bear Wyatt fan, too. It's a shame that you just... When he was champion back in 2017, I was really happy when, it, when he won the title. He finally won the WWE Championship. But, really, it was all for... to be a transitional champion to Randy Orton who was a transitional champion for Jinder Mahal. And that was a very, very, very dark time for the WWE Championship. Hopefully they can rewrite the wrongs with this and they can put Bray Wyatt in the right place and just go to the moon with his character. And please just make his opponent WrestleMania Aleister Black. Aleister Black versus The Fiend at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Um... 
another big thing that's been going on in Raw, big feud, is uh, the man, Becky Lynch, versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship inside Hell in a Cell as well. Now, we were speculating and wondering when the hell was Sasha Banks going to come back? When the hell was she going to come back? She kept posting these cryptic tweets and Instagram posts of, you know, will she or won't she? You know, I used to love this. Or or there's one where she dyed her hair back to uh, in her natural color, whatever it was. Like, oh, hello, Mercedes. Nice to see, nice to see you again. Um, and I watched the WWE uh, Chronicles of Sasha Banks. And she got emotional. She, um... I mean, some people are going to hate on her and say a crybaby. You, you want to see for her, side with her. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I see both sides of the coin. I understand why Sasha would be pissed off because she's, you know, given opportunities and then she's never had a... Her, her story as champion is that she's never been able to successfully defend the title. Never. Every time she defends it, she loses it. She's been in these big marquee matches. Excuse me. She's been in these high-profile matches. And she's a big star. And she was given the first, to be the one half of the first WWE Women's Champion, Tag Team Champions with Bayley. They were promised a, a lengthy title reign. And they lose the Iconics. She uh, disputes the rumors that her and Bailey were throwing hissy fits in the locker room in the hotels. It's been about, I don't know how many months since those reports came out, so we don't know whether or not they're true, but honestly, I don't think that would be true. I mean, you have to be somewhat professional. You have to be professional in this business. And again, here comes the other side of the coin. You have to understand when plans change and they want to put the titles on somebody else and the Iconics absolutely deserve them um, it's just I'm sure it was a long time coming and it was a long time boiling and she needed time to think about it and take time off and just think about what she wanted to do and eventually she came back and she turned heel which that was the best thing that she's done in a long time. The great, the thing that made Sasha Banks so great, that really caught my eye to her when she was in NXT, and just the amazing heel work she was doing. I'm just like, man, I don't think I've ever seen someone like Sasha Banks and someone get like natural heat the way she did. And NXT, it's it's very hard to be over as a heel, but she did it very well. Very well. I mean, for those of you who watched NXT back in the day, anybody remember those Sasha's, Sasha's Ratchet? No, she's not. I don't think you'll be hearing those chants anymore. But, hell, I'd love for people to start those chants again. I thought they were freaking hilarious. But Sasha's back. She turned heel, and she's targeted Becky Lynch. She wants the Raw Women's Championship. Becky's like, all right. You're on, but I'll do you one better. I want you inside Hell in a Cell. Becky had a great uh, on-air interview with Michael Cole. Michael Cole saying, you know, Sasha's being a bit on a hot streak. 
are you afraid that your title may, may be in jeopardy? To, to Paraphrasing here, but to that effect, that's what he said. Becky said, that's why I want Sasha and Helena sell. I want her at her best. I want to beat her at her best because I am the best. Again, I am paraphrasing here, but that is the gist of it. Becky wants to beat Sasha at her best to prove that she is the best and why she deserves to be the champion. And pretty much Sasha should have stayed home. And when Sasha came back and turned heel, the women's division felt important again. After WrestleMania, when Ronda took her hiatus or left, I mean, now she's on the alumni page, so who knows if Ronda will ever come back. They were pushing Lacey Evans for what seemed like a whole year. And that feud was boring as hell. And at the same time, she was also feuding with Charlotte. Again. I know Becky and Charlotte can work really well together. But you give us this match all the time, people are going to eventually get bored with it. They are. They're going to eventually get bored with it. You have to space it out. She... And it just seemed like Becky didn't have good opponents to go up against until Sasha came back. The night Sasha came back and she turned heel and attacked Natalia and Becky, she instantly felt like a big deal again. The, the women's... Not that she felt, but the women's division on Raw felt like a big deal again. Because the, the one thing WWE needs to do is that they need to stop pushing and focusing so much on the four horsewomen and Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is kind of in her own category. You have great women like Ember Moon. You have Carmella. You have the Iconics. You have Kyrie Sane and Asuka. Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose, too. Mandy Rose, I think, can play a very great character. And in-ring work can come over time. But there are a lot of great women on the roster that aren't getting a proper shake. I mean, is there any woman on the WWE main roster that has been screwed over royally more times than Asuka? And this is where we come back to the point where Sasha kind of should count her blessings. And that there have been women who have been not hand, been handed as many opportunities as her when there are other women who would love to love to have been the position that Shasha was in. I don't know. I'm just a big fan of Asuka, and they ro- royally screwed Asuka. The women's division just needs to be focused around... You need to tr- rotate women. You have a, a plethora of talent there, and there's a ton of talent in NXT in the women's division too, which we'll get into a little bit more later on. But the point is, you need to focus more than just Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey. There are more women on that roster, and the four horsewomen aren't going to be in WWE forever. Alexa Bliss is not going to be in WWE forever. So you need to rotate things around. As for Becky and Sasha themselves, with that and the Bray Wyatt-Seth Rollins feud, it's the two things on Raw that I'm enjoying a lot. Um, the product has overall on Raw has gotten much better with Heyman taking the charge. Taking charge. 
SmackDown itself has been spotty at best. There's been some moments where it's just like, eh, it's, it's okay. And then there are moments like, oh, that's fantastic. But another thing I'm loving, and to think that I don't know if I would, but Baron Corbin and Chad Gable. Chad Gable, obviously, but Baron Corbin. The problem with Baron Corbin was that he was just being pushed in the main event scene and just and he was there all the time. We're at the point where it's go away heat, X-Pac heat, X-Pac heat. And it just made you think, who was who more of a detriment? And who made WWE television worse? Shane McMahon or, 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 or Baron Corbin? It was neck and neck. But when you use him sparingly and you use him the right amount... Baron Corbin can be a really good, effective upper mid-card heel, which is what he is now. You can't just give us that, because Corbin, to be honest, I'm, I've said it before, I'm not a big fan of Baron Corbin. I don't think he's that great. He, when he was on TV too much, it was just awful, awful to watch. But just because I'm not a fan of somebody doesn't mean that they can't do good work or that they can't be used well. And I think this role with him as now King Corbin works really well. And who'd have thought that someone like Chad Gable, another one who's been another guy who's been extremely underutilized, just get this push from seemingly out of nowhere, makes it to the finals of the King of the Ring. And it just made him look like an instant star. The two matches they had on Raw were absolutely fantastic. Reports say that uh, Vince McMahon's very high on Chad Gable, which I'm happy about. Because for far too long, a guy like Chad Gable has just been underlooked. Uh, overlooked, rather. He was overlooked. I mean, him in American Alpha with Jason Jordan was fantastic. He had a match on SmackDown a few years ago against Rusev, which was absolutely fantastic. These matches with Gable, these matches with uh, Corbin have been very good. He had a match with Kurt Angle on Raw, which really I wish it was Chad Gable who faced Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, but can't do anything about that now. So I just hope his momentum continues. I hope they do more with Chad Gable, and I hope that he can just really be pushed well, and I hope he stays on SmackDown for the more of the sports element that Fox wants. And speaking of SmackDown, let's just right get into the next topic with SmackDown. So, big, big news coming in, coming Friday on Fox, is that Kofi Kingston the WWE Champion, will be defending his championship against the Beast Brock Lesnar. It's the first time in I don't know how many years Brock Lesnar is going to be wrestling on TV. He's going to have a match. But will he actually have a full-length match or will he just hit Kofi with a couple suplexes and then hit with an F5? It's probably going to be the second one considering it is TV. But, they could be boosted. I mean, they got a billion dollars from this deal with Fox, so they could be paying Brock a little extra to say, like, yeah, uh, just give us more time out there, you know? Um, but, if we have to think logically here, Brock, for sure, is 
gonna be Kofi. We 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 have to think that Brock's gonna be Kofi, and um, it's been a nice run for Kofi Kingston. Um, being there at WrestleMania with Sean uh, was absolutely fantastic to see. It was one of the best feel-good moments I've ever witnessed live, and it's just one of the best feel-good moments of, of, of WrestleMania and pro wrestling that a guy in an 11-year journey never got a shot at the world title and finally won it at the biggest show of the year. So we uh, apologize if you hear any uh, loud music driving past my house in the moment. Um, so, he's going to be defending the title against Brock Lesnar. We are for sure going to see a new champion. How often Brock will show up, I don't know. Again, he is part-time. I'm sure Fox are going to want him there. But they're not going to get Brock on TV every single week. Which, we all know how Brock Lesnar with a championship is. We know that he's not going to be on TV all the time. He's not going to be on TV every week. He'll hardly show up. But hopefully, with the money that WWE is getting from Fox, they'll be able to pay Brock more and for him to show up more. Because if you're the champion, you should show up for more than just a... like. It felt like he was almost never there with a championship. You know, show up more often. I would hope that, but we have to wait and see. But for the first time since WrestleMania, Kofi's championship chances are in serious jeopardy. The whole Randy Orton feud just fell flat. He did kind of feel like a credible threat to beat Kofi, but just didn't pan out that way. Another big story that's going on SmackDown um, with Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Harper, and Rowan. That's right, Harper. Luke Harper returned at Class of Champions to help Eric Rowan defeat Roman Reigns. For the longest time, people have been wanting Luke Harper to come back. Apparently, he publicly released... Not apparently, but he did publicly ask for his release on social media and it was denied. And the time that he was off healing up an injury, excuse me, they decided to add more time to his contract. Because originally it was supposed to expire sometime next year. Uh, this year, rather. And it's a damn shame that, he, that Vince McMahon apparently had so much heat against him because he couldn't do a southern accent. And he's like, oh, well, then can I go... He says, I think he says something like, oh, well, can I go to NXT? They're like, uh, no. Okay, well, if you're not going to use me, then can I please just be remo- uh, released from my contract? Uh, no, you're not. In fact, we're going to freeze your contract. We're going to put more time on it. That's where WWE can be very petty. Magic Man especially. But I'm glad to see that they're using Harper. I'm glad to see that they're using Luke Harper again. They have to realize that they're going to want to have to keep Talon happy for not jumping ship. To where? Ooh, I don't know. This little place called AEW? (laughs) But we saw this past Friday, I'm sorry, this past Tuesday, that Brian had a match with Rowan. 
in the match so Harper got involved. They tried to attack Daniel Bryan. Excuse me. I apologize. I'm recording this, and it's uh, 10.40 at... Almost 10.40 at night on the 27th of September. Had a long day today, and this is the only time I get the time to record. With that being said, the Brian was being attacked by Harper and Rowan, and Roman Reigns comes to make the save. You see them get the better of Rowan and Harper. I think Brian hit a running knee to Harper, and then uh, Roman hit a spear to Rowan. He goes to grab his hand. Brian's on the ground. He, Brian hits his hand away, grabs a microphone. I only want one word, a one-word answer. If you want to see me and Roman kick these un, these two... I don't know what the hell he said. Pretty much said, if you want me and Roman to see, see, uh, see us kick their asses, you know, give me one word answer. I totally messed that up. <laughs> and the crowd started chanting yes. Um, it seems Daniel Bryan has officially turned babyface. Um, it sucks that he's no longer... I guess he's because he's no longer a heel. Because his heel work was some of the best work he I've ever seen him do in his entire career. But it's been a while. It's good to get top babyface like him. Excuse me. Bear with me, folks. A top babyface like him back because he's just generally one of the most beloved wrestlers and characters in the past uh, 10 years? Maybe? He came in around 2009, 2010, something like that. So anyway, he's been around for a while in the company. And um, as far as the, the who done it storyline, it was all convoluted. It was confusing. You had that guy who looked like Rowan. It turned out it was Rowan. Oh, shocker. Um, it ended up buddy, helping Buddy Murphy out tremendously, where he had a match, a really great match with Roman Reigns, and then a great match with Daniel Bryan, pinning Daniel Bryan. Uh, where Buddy Murphy has been, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see him again soon. And. Oh my God! Excuse me. I still got more time to go here. Um, it really helped Buddy Murphy by accident, from according to Meltzer, because he kind of really was just mellowing about in the scene. He wasn't really trying supposed to trying to get onto uh, onto onto the shot where that stuff fell on Roman. But um, yeah, I think the story has gotten better. Again, it was at some points where it was completely uh, just utterly ridiculous. But at least we're going to get hopefully the payoff. And kind of just. So everybody can kind of just move on to something else. Because, um. I mean, I, I was saying how Heyman has done a great job with really making Raw better. Bischoff has been spotty at best. There's been some moments where SmackDown's been really great, and some moments where SmackDown has been kind of eh since he kind of took over. But let's just hope that we get some people in his ear. Excuse me. Get some people in his ear so he can kind of make the product a little better. 
Anyway, I don't know. I'm just rambling on here. I think things will be okay, but they're going to have to set their game up. Because we got a company that's going to be doing that probably for them, or going to make them set their game up. Ladies and gentlemen, the Wednesday night wars are upon us. NXT versus AEW. NXT, for the first time in its history, is now on television, on the USA Network, at 8 o'clock. It was on for only one hour on the USA Network this past week and last week. <laughs> with the second hour going on the WWE Network. Yeah, because that's totally not a coincidence, right? It's totally not a coincidence that NXT is going to be going head-to-head with AEW, you know? And trying to get the jump star in them for the first two weeks? Yeah, it's totally a coincidence. But AEW and NXT, it's a beautiful time to be a wrestling fan, man. you got Raw on Mondays. Impact Wrestling has now a new TV deal on Access. They're going to be on Tuesdays. Wednesday is going to be NXT and AEW. Thursday is kind of your break day from wrestling. Friday is SmackDown, and then Saturdays will be takeovers whenever they happen. Also, AEW pay-per-views when they happen. Sundays, the classic uh, WWE, WWE main roster pay-per-views. It's a lot of wrestling. And a lot of work for me and Sean to do to cover. But I'll go through what's been going on with, AE, with uh, NXT the past few weeks. NXT, in the first episode, the prophecy was fulfilled. Roderick Strong beat the Velveteen Dream for the NXT North American Championship. And it's not like it was a surprise, but it was just a really cool moment seeing all of them with championship gold. I mean, the brand has to be built around them. For me, they've been my one of my favorite things about NXT for so, so long. Just those guys together. Roderick Strong joining the Undisputed Era is one of my favorite moments in NXT. So, now that they all have the championships, they run the show. Cole, NXT champion. Fish and O'Reilly, NXT tag team champion. Roderick Strong, NXT North American Champion. And that's just part of it. To open the first show, they had that insane women's fatal four-way match to determine the number one contender for Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Io Shirai, Mia Yim, Bianca Belair, and Candice LeRae. Out of everybody the one who I wanted to win the most, I didn't think was going to. And that was Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae is one of the last really great baby faces in the women's division. Just overall. She's one, just one of the... She, she, she's just so good, man. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world. The, the matches she had with Joey Ryan against the Young Bucks... Her, uh, she's wrestled her husband Johnny Gargano. 
uh, that match she had with Io Shirai. I mean, if you didn't care about Candice Ray before NXT TakeOver Toronto, you damn well sure did when she had that match with Io Shirai. Candice LeRae arrived at TakeOver. And she will be facing Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. And I really hope she wins. I really do. She deserves it, man. And especially, Shayna Baszler really, really needs to drop that title. I think Shayna's one of the best pure heels in wrestling. Just overall, she's just one of the best pure heels. Men, on a man, men or women's side of wrestling, best pure heels. She knows how to generate heat. She knows how to get real heat, and she's really good in the ring. It just is tiresome that she's held the championship for this long, and she's been in the title picture for this long. So I would hope on this episode of TV, you're, you're going to need a title change. You're going to need one. And I think this is going to be the match that we see it. Candice LeRae versus Shayna Baszler. I think we're going to see Candice beat Shayna. The way this card is shaping up, it's a mini takeover almost. I mean, you got Candice versus Shayna. You got the Street Profits getting their rematch against ERA for the for the tag team titles. You've got Adam Cole, Bebe versus Matt Riddle for the NXT Championship. Uh, Dave Meltzer is speculating there is there is going to be another title match, whether that will be for the Cruiserweight Championship, uh, whether it will be for the WWE United Kingdom Championship or the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Just please pick a name for the title and go with it. It's confusing. Um, or the North American Championship. North American Championship, you could do Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream again. You could do Roddy versus Pete Dunne. You could even do Kushida versus Walter for the uh, UK title. Now, Kushida was supposed to have a match with, I don't know, some local job or something, I don't know, or an enhancement talent. Imperium come in and just beat the crap out of this guy. Walter comes in. They beat up the babyface. He cuts a promo saying that we're going to bring the respect back to the, to our sport of wrestling. And then he just cuts the promo in German and just starts talking down to the crowd. Kushida finally comes down. And he goes at, at it with Imperium. Goes toe-to-toe with Walter. Number of games about to get too fast for him, so he steps out. But that's a match that I didn't know I wanted to see. But I'm very happy that it poss- it's going to happen. Kushida versus Volta. And you know me, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Walter. Just, you talk, we talked about his match against Pete Dunne take over New York. He had an absolutely insane match against Will Ospreay. Uh, I think the company's company was called OTT, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but again, it was one of the first matches I'd seen uh, Walter have, and he's, he's just a beast, man. And you know who told me about Walter? Believe it or not, one of the EVPs of of AEW himself, 
Cody Rhodes. I'm not kidding. That's a real story. I, I went to a Ring of Honor show with one of my buddies, my good buddy Chris Reyes, and uh, we both met Cody. Uh, and I had asked him, you know, who he wants to get in the ring with, if someone who he hasn't faced yet. I said, what about Naito? He said, yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, he said, Tanahashi maybe, but he's getting kind of old, so I don't know how well the match would be. And he's like, uh, Walter would be really good. And I'm like, oh, cool, Walter. I'm like, have you ever heard of him? I'm like, I'm like, no, I haven't. He's like, hey, look look him up, man. He's really good. Like, the chops like he hits, they're brutal. And then Marty Skrull's sitting at the second, t- the second table next to us, and he's just like, Volta sucks. And they just you know, start laughing. And he's like, no, man, Volta's really good. He's really good. So... Cody Rhodes was the one who told me about Walter, and I'm an instant fan since then. That was a couple years back. But anyway, I like the presence of Imperium in NXT because it helps to try and bring eyes towards the NXT UK brand. And it also helps bring, bring in Rhea Ripley and, and Pete Dunne. Uh, Tony Storm apparently is supposed to be showing up in NXT very soon as well, and she's supposed to be a prominent fixture in the division. So, it's just smart to try and bring in as many stars as you can. Also trying to, well, if you like NXT and if you like Imperium, catch them every week on NXT UK and the WWE Network. You know, just, just it's just smart business. It's going to be really difficult to try and decide, as a fan, do you watch the first episode of AEW? Or do you watch NXT? But before we kind of dwell into that, we should dwell into AEW. This show looks really good. It's stacked. The opening match we have Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. Cody, during our hiatus, hiatus, (laughs) he was named the number one contender for Chris Jericho's AEW World Championship. And I believe in the most recent double uh, road to uh, road to TNT, I believe it was. He uh, the graphics shows MJF in his corner. Are they teasing already for MJF to turn on Cody? Uh, I think it's a little too soon for that, but only time will tell. Anyway, we. Have Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes in the opening match. It's very smart to put a guy like Cody in this opener against someone like Sammy Guevara. A guy who, one of the guys who sniffed out this revolution that was going on. One of the guys who wanted better for pro wrestling. Leaving WWE. Having a much better career outside of it in New Japan Pro Wrestling, in Ring of Honor, becoming Ring of Honor champion, uh, Ring of Honor six-man tag champion with the Young Bucks, becoming NWA World's Heavyweight Champion at a show he put to, helped he helped put together, IWGP US Championship. He won a lot of titles, and he had a lot of great matches. And it only makes sense to put this guy in the first match in the start of this of this war. Whether they want to call it a war or not, it's a war. And competition brings out the best in people. Obviously Cody should win. And will win. 
but it's just amazing some of the, the reactions he's getting at these shows. Um, like I said before, I, I met Cody Rhodes a couple of years ago. He he's one of the nicest guys I've uh, I've uh, I've met when it comes to like meeting wrestlers. He's super nice, and he's really, really gotten like I don't know if I want to say gotten so much better because he was always really good, but he has been able to really show and prove to everyone that he is a key player, that he's a main event guy. And he truly is. You have a young upstart like Sammy Guevara with a chip on his shoulder and how they're saying in the, in the build-up to this match that he is the most important match of his life and he has to win. Cody says that if he loses, he, he shouldn't be going to full gear to face Chris Jericho. But we all know he's going to face Chris Jericho. He has to. There's no one else who makes the most sense. I was texting with Sean. I was talking with Sean one day, saying that, so, who faces Jericho for the title? One of us, I don't remember who it was, said, if you're looking at the wins and losses thing, of it mattering, it has to be Cody, right? And then not too long after, they announced Cody versus Jericho for the title at full gear. Um... Another match that we're having, uh, MJF versus Brandon Cutler. On being the elite, uh, MJF has been really messing with Brandon Cutler. He's been just just a proper dick. He's just being a proper dick. Uh, MJF, another one of my f- most favorite heels in wrestling at the moment. He is absolutely fantastic. He's only 22 or 23 years old, and he gets being a heel, I think, better than anybody else at the moment. As far as like some, just someone who's so young who gets it right away. He's a brilliant guy, and he's for sure the future of the company. I think so. I think he's the future of the company, and a, a guy to really keep your eye on. Brandon Cutler's a guy who's been friends with the Young Bucks forever. And he took his, he took wrestling, um, he had to put it on the back burner, and he eventually came back, helping the Young Bucks on the road. AEW comes around, and they offered him two contracts, one as a full-time wrestler, and the other as a uh, backstage producer. And they really did a good well of trying to get behind Brandon Cutler as a babyface, where it showed that he, he and his family struggled for a long time, now, thanks to AEW, he's able to help his family, his wife, his kids, two kids. And you really feel for the guy, and you really want him to win. He's probably not going to, but you want him to win. You know, MJF says, like, you're only Dungeons and Dragons. People who play Dungeons and Dragons are a bunch of nerds. You're only here because of the Young Bucks. And in the last video, Road to TNT, Brandon's like, well, I could say that Oh, because I'm here because of the Young Bucks? You're a favor to Cody. But I'm not going to say that because I'm not going to lower myself to his standards. Um, Brandon Cutler, MJF. I don't really do too much else to say about this match. Just that I think it's one to really keep your eye on. Another one to very much keep your eye on is the crowning of the first ever AEW Women's Champion. 
it will be Nyla Rose versus Riho. The history of Riho goes back with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, he's a big part of the women's, helping put the women's division together, at least on the Japanese side of it. And Brandy's been doing more of the, uh, the American side. I don't think... If, if you're paying attention to AEW and you're watching it with the shows, I don't think anybody really expected these two to be in the match. I think everybody kind of expected Britt Baker to be in the match, for her to be the first champion. But I guess they uh, have other plans for her at the moment. I remember watching that six women tag match double or nothing. And to be honest, I didn't really know anybody except Aja Kong. I was familiar with Aja Kong. But I really don't know any... I didn't know anybody in this match. Riho impressed me a lot. And she impressed me a lot at Fighter Fest. And did all out. I mean, she's... She's absolutely fantastic. And having her in this match really shows that they really want to try and put the emphasis on newer faces. Nyla Rose was absolutely dominant in the Women's Battle Royal. Winning the whole damn thing. I don't remember how many eliminations she had, but she looked really good in the match and was booked very strong. She is the heel, obviously, in this match. It's a very good David versus Goliath type storyline. But I want to say the babyface is going to win. I think Riho will win. At least I want her to win. I really do want Riho to win because I think she's absolutely great. I, I, I've become a fan of her just because of how well she works and just how great uh, just of a sympathetic baby face she is. I guess we should keep moving on with the card. I'm trying to stay awake here, people. Uh, a match that we were supposed to get double or nothing. Well, we're getting an AEW now. We are getting the Bastard Pack versus Hangman Adam Page. Pack just immediately was messing with Hangman Page after All Out. He was saying how he's going to do whatever the hell he wants now that he's in AEW. And I guess the first thing he's doing is messing with Hangman Page. Pick up right where you left off. Pack getting a huge upset win over Kenny Omega at All Out. Everyone figured Kenny would kind of win because we didn't really know what the future of Pac was. He was the Dragon Gate champion, and he didn't want to lose, or Dragon Gate didn't want to lose because they wanted to have him put over an, a young up-and-coming babyface, which he did when he lost the title. But now he lost the title, so he's open to do more things with the company. Another guy who was in WWE who just was underutilized... His, uh, he wanted to leave. His contract was frozen forever, but when he eventually came out, I mean, here he is now. Had one of the best matches of the year so far. Two of them. One with Will Ospreay and another with, with Kenny Omega. I think that Pac is going to get... Is, Hangman Page is too... Kayfabe, he's too shaken up about the loss to Chris Jericho. I think Pac will get the, the win easily over Hangman. It'll be a great match. One of the ones I'm look, one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most, maybe that one the most. But 
pack needs some momentum. Maybe build upon a storyline with Hangman Page of him eventually climbing the mountain and finally winning the championship. Maybe at double or nothing sometime next year. Or even all out. Build it a year from now. And another match will be happening on the first episode of AEW television. Our main event. Kenny Omega. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. The Elite. The OG Elite. Versus Chris Jericho and two mystery opponents. I think it's safe to say that the two mystery opponents will be LAX. Santana and Ortiz. It's safe to say. They showed up after All Out at the match with the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks and they actually and they absolutely rather messed up those guys after a hard hitting and one in one of the most craziest ladder matches I have ever seen in my entire life. If there's one match to talk about from All Out on this, it's the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. One of my f- most favorite matches I've ever seen growing up as a kid was the TLC match between Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, the Hardys at WrestleMania X7 or 17, whatever the hell you want to say it. I don't care. And that was neck and neck with this match of the Bucks and Lucha Bros. I mean, Pentagon hit a Canadian destroyer from on top of the ladder through a table on Matt Jackson. Nick Jackson nearly almost dying. <laughs> uh, tripping up on the on the ladder, supposed to be falling through two tables, only falls through one. Hitting a package pile driver on the ladder. Uh, just how these guys are still able to move normally is beyond me, and how they were able to walk out with any serious injury without any serious injuries to them is amazing. If you did not watch this match, please go watch it. It's on YouTube. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But getting back to the main event of this show. LAX were the guys who attacked Pentagon, Ray Phoenix, and Matt and Nick Jackson. It has to be them because it's not going to be like Big Cass and Enzo. It's not going to be them, especially with the personal things that Big Cass is going on, uh, going through right now. I'm not going to get into that. If you want to know what's going on Big Cass, you have the internet. Just look it up. So it would make sense for them to be Jericho's partner. And it's been a while since you've seen the Elite team up. They teamed up in July for Fighter Fest. But, um... And how I really knew Jericho was going to win the championship is when they announced that being the first match. I'm like, well, you're not going to have the world champion not be the main event. So it kind of has to be the main event. But I digress. I think AEW is going to really knock it out of the park with this first episode. And real briefly, we're also getting a rematch from all out of uh, SCU, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, and Christopher Daniels versus uh, Lucha Express, I think they're called. 
uh, Jungle Boy, Marco's son, and uh, Luchasaurus. Now, if you don't know uh, Luchasaurus, you definitely need to look him up. It's a gimmick that really shouldn't work, but it works really, really well. Just this big, tall, nearly seven-foot guy doing these absolutely incredible moves. I can't get too much into it right now because I'm struggling to stay awake here, people. But anyway, the war is upon us. It's AEW versus NXT. NXT is stacking the deck with these championship matches. With this, almost this mini takeover. And AEW is going to do everything they possibly can to make sure you try and watch. They are airing AEW commercials during Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Yeah, and these guys aren't going for war. AEW is not our competition. We're not trying to compete with WWE. Sure looks like you guys are. But in the end, we the fans are the ones who are winning. We the fans are the ones who are going to get the benefit of all this. We're the ones who are going to win in the end. Because I think that real competition, like I said, competition brings out the best in you. Some of us may not have been around long enough to remember everything from the Monday Night Wars. But we're sure as hell going to have fun with the Wednesday Night Wars. Anyway, guys, I am really struggling to stay awake here. It's pretty late the at the time I'm recording this. So thank you very much for listening. Um, this is what we're going to be doing for the time being until, uh, like I said, Sean can kind of get back on his feet with... Uh, Getting back to the swing of things with his uh, new position. So um, hopefully by the time Hell in a Cell runs around, we might be able to get some predictions in. If not, definitely by full gear we'll be able to get predictions in with the two of us. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm. Uh, Spotify, and pretty much wherever podcasts you can listen to. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. I've been CJ Palmasano, and we'll see you next time.